So my friends, today, uh, with our Lord's being tested again, remember these scenes are taking place in Jerusalem already in the period of Holy Week. We've been there for like the last three weeks of our Sunday Gospels. We're going to be there all the way until uh, just after Thanksgiving. And uh, Jesus is being tested. And so it's basically like the chief priests, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the Pharisees. Like, this is a big team-up effort. Everyone is, no one likes Jesus, right? None of these major groups like Jesus. The crowds like him, his disciples like him, but all the major political groups of the time are each in their own way trying to to trip him up. And so we have here a scholar of the law. Uh, Another translation is a lawyer. When lawyers start asking me questions, no offense to any lawyers, I get really nervous, right? Anytime a lawyer wants to ask me questions, it's like, you know, I think I need a lawyer myself to answer that question. Um, it, it could get very tricky. And so they ask him, it's, it's a straightforward question. What's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment in all of the law? And Jesus answers with what is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God. Though you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All the specifics that are coming up before and after this, all the other questions, okay, do we pay taxes, do we not? we got some parables going on. Um, Like, hey, back to basics. Like, today is a good reality check of just getting back to the basics. What's the most important thing to love God? The most important thing is to love God. And we, too, we can get so wrapped up in all of the particularities. We can get so wrapped up in all the different stuff going on that we can lose sight of the most important thing is love God. Do I love God? Do I really, really love God? I'll tell you, this is on on my mind right now. We're making an announcement at St. Jerome this weekend uh, from the members of our parish council about the cry room, right? There's a room on the side of St. Jerome uh, Church that's sound isolated, that's meant to be with, for families with young kids who are making a little bit of noise during Mass. And so we want that, unfortunately, that room, that's not almost ever what that room is used. It's just convenient, close to the door seating. Uh, it may be used for some other reasons. And so we're going to try, the parish council asks, that we try to really make that room what it is. So it's going to be the the little angels cry, uh, the little angels family room. Um, and then the, okay, but we need more seating for those with limited mobility at St. Jerome. And so that whole section of the church over there, that's going to be uh, priority seating for those with limited mobility. And uh, I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm grateful to our parish council for really taking an initiative in this, but like, okay, we're going to change where we sit during Mass. What angry emails am I going to have even by the end of the day and, you know, by the end of the week? And what angry, I told the Archdiocese, buy another filing cabinet, right, for more of the emails and letters that are going to come in. And we can get so focused on these little things. And we, we miss the forest for the trees. What's most important about having a church or even having a religion that we love God? doesn't matter where we have to sit doesn't matter in what building we have to worship. It doesn't matter if we like the person next to us, although that's going to come up in a second, right? So that actually does matter. Um, but it ma- what, what's most important? Do I love God? 
Like, do I love God? That's what this is all, this whole thing. That's what it's all about. And we got all our different things going on. We got our awesome programs and we got our baby. We're going to have a lot of announcements at the end of Mass. We got our baby bottles and our Holy Days of Obligation and our Masses of Remembrance and our wonderful cereal collection for the food pantry. And it's so great and we could get so wrapped up in all the stuff. And we are a lively, active parish. And we're doing a lot of things and we're doing good things. But let's not forget the reason why we do them. Not to be popular, not to get our picture in the Catholic transcript or in the bulletin, right? Not so the old archbishop and the new archbishop will like us, not for any of those things. Why do we do it? Because we love God. And what's the whole purpose? I love God. And that should be each of us. We should be able to say that we love God, right? We love our Lord and God. You shall love the Lord your God. Love God. Right? Like it's all of the other commandments depend on this. Do we love God? If we really love God, we wouldn't need to be commanded to keep holy his day. Because it's his day. Right? I, I love my parents. And so I don't need to be like ordered and commanded to be available on their birthdays. To celebrate their birthday. Like, no, it's, well, it's in my calendar, so I remember. Uh, and as long as I remember, like, of course, this is a priority that day. Because I, not because someone made it a rule, but because I love them. It's love. And all the other commandments, oh, our religion has so many rules. Well, the rules are mainly there because we don't love as perfectly as we should. And so we have to have rules that are meant to get us in the, you know, when I really don't love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? When I really don't give God 100%, then I need a little rule to, to push me along. But love is the foundation. And if we just love God, if we really deeply love the Lord God as the first priority of everything in our life, and not even... You know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. We have to love God with everything, with our whole heart, soul, and mind, giving God everything. We don't give God a divided heart. You know, I love God part like God has a part of my heart. And other things have a part of my heart. I'm in a fantasy football league. And I, um, it's really, it makes watching football really tough. I was with some friends watching the football games last week. And one of their, the four-year-old son of one of my friends said, Oh, Father Casey, who do you want to win? And I'm like, well, I have that quarterback. And I have that receiver. And I have, so I want, Connor, I want the blue team to win but I want the red quarterback to do really, really well, but I still want the blue team to win because I'm divided between which players are on my fantasy team. I can't actually, I don't, none of them get my whole love. Not a single NFL team. All the more so with God. Maybe we're divided. Like, yeah, I want, I love God in part, but I kind of want this to also do really well, and I kind of want to have my little areas here that are not subject to the love of God. No, no. We love God above all things. 
We love God first. And we give God everything. And God doesn't compete with other things because God comes first. If we love God first and above all, then when we start fulfilling the second command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We're able to love not just with our frail human love. We're not able to just love our neighbor, our friends, our family, our spouses, our children, our society, not just with my emotional human love, not just my, my what I, the strength I have, but I'm able to love as a Christian. Because I love God, because I love God, and God loves you, I can love you so much more. If I love God above all, and I know that God loves you so much that he died for you in the person of Jesus Christ, well, then how can I personally not love you? Right? If, if God actually loves you, and if I'm grumpy at someone, and I want to just tell them off, write an angry Facebook comment about them or whatever, like, you know what would be good to consider? God loves that person. Like, God loves, God not just loves, God died for that person. A number of years ago, um, with one of the scandals in the Catholic hierarchy, and a cleric acting um, heinously and grievously. I remember, you know, reading, I was, I was furious and shocked. Um, and this person had authority in the church and misused it to very atrocious, and sinful ends. And I remember being, being very angry about this in my prayer. Uh, and like, okay, I kind, of, I kind of want that person to burn in hell. Like, I kind of want that person, like, that's what they deserve for what they did. But even that person, Jesus died for him. Even that one who did those atrocious things, God loves him. Not anything that he did, but God loves him. And God died for him. And I don't want the precious blood of my Savior Jesus Christ to be wasted. I don't want a single soul that Jesus died for to be lost. And so no matter how personally angry I may have been about these things, If we love God first, then we are able to love our neighbor, our brothers and sisters in Christ with the love of God. We're able to forgive from the depth of our heart, not because I'm so good at just ignoring and forgetting the wrong that someone may have done to me or to someone else. But I see that if God would be willing to forgive this person, if they only repented and asked of it, how could I, how could I hold a grudge? if God is willing to forgive. If we really love, if we love God first, then we have to love our, we have to love our brothers and sisters. We have to love all other people, our neighbor, right? every other person. We have to love them because Jesus loves them. And so how could I not? And so, again, love is the foundation of the law. We only need the, again, we need the rules when we fall short. We got that from the book of Exodus, right? Like, you're supposed to love one another. But if someone, you lend someone money, you take their cloak, right? The only covering they have. On a cold New England night, like, you take their blanket as, as a, you know, guarantee. And they don't pay you back before night comes? Give them back the blanket. Like, give it to them. It's all they've got, right? What are you doing holding on to that? No, if you really love, give them back the blanket, take it back in the morning, right? Um, But that's all they got. 
What are you doing? Don't be an extortioner. Uh, and that's, you know, and we get other such, such commands there in the, um, in the Old Testament because they, we have to be taught sometimes that we're acting foolish, that we're not actually living the love of God. So my friends, this is what our Lord is teaching us. And if we in our lives have at times missed the forest for the trees, we've gotten too complicated and worked up in other things, and I'm probably the first offender in that, in losing sight of what's most important, then today let's let our Lord remind us, what's the, what's the most important thing? That we love God, that we actually really do. And then from our love of God flows out our love for all around us, our brothers and sisters, neighbors in Christ.